You're listening to WGXC Acra, Hudson, comma, Catskill, 90.7 FM. WGXC underwriting support has been provided by Dedicated Presentation Solutions. Allow DPS to turn your audiovisual how do eyes into here's how you cans. Visit dedicatedpresentation.com or call 845 475 8465 for more information. Dedicated Presentation Solutions, your audiovisual partner. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Victorian-era Valentines of Schaefer, Minnesota. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. Become a WGXC sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXC.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. We are live here on WGXC 90.7 FM, Acre, Hudson Catskill. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> we are back after what feels like a really, really long time, because when you're sick, specifically with the Omicron strain of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-19, um, the time just keeps on slipping, slipping. And um, I don't even know what day it is or what year, frankly. No clue. Absolutely. No I, clue. Tell you. <laughs> I took down my old calendar and haven't put a new one up yet. So I'm unmoored in time. I have no yep. clue. <laughs> we are free floating in space, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are now floating in space. Um, so as one does when you're terribly ill we watched a whole lot of movies under no specific theme so tonight our show's theme is absolutely nothing if you are a (laughs) (laughs) nothing don't ask for one (laughs) if you are a um, big fan of the show and this is not your first time listening then you are you know that every episode we discuss movies around a theme that Jenny and I have watched separately and then we surprise each other with what we watched when we get together for our show. Um, and yeah, again, to repeat, there's no theme tonight because we were not feeling well. Before we get any further into the absolute chaos of our watch playlists, uh, Jenny, do you want to tell me about what's in some local theaters? I would love to. I would be delighted to. Uh, so at the Crandall in Chatham, we have a lot of West Side Story for the next couple of weeks. And then after that, there is the movie Belfast. We have Being the Ricardos. We have The Velvet Queen. Uh, there is a special one-time screening of The Power of the Dog. Mm. Uh, and then we also have Come On, Come On, Attica, and Writing with Fire. Uh, and you can find out more information about those showtimes at crandalltheater.org. Amazing. I'm here to tell you about what is at Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson, New York. 
these coming weeks, um, and this is specifically for this week of the 10th, that is the uh, eight screen cinema that's on Fairview Avenue in Hudson. We have the 355. I don't know what that is. Me neither. <laughs> uh, American Underdog, The King's Man, West Side Story, Sing 2, The Matrix Resurrections, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And you can find out more about showtimes and tickets at spotlightcinemas.com. Uh, I'm also going to tell you about the Upstate Theaters, now that there are two of them again. Uh, the Upstate Theater in Rhinebeck, which is now called the Star Cinema, has The Velvet Queen, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and Licorice Pizza, which is very exciting. Uh, and then the Orpheum Theater, which is the Upstate Cinema in Sardis, has Encanto, A Hero, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and also Licorice Pizza, uh, which is thrilling. I, I'm like still kind of because we had COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am scared to go to the movies <laughs> but I'm like maybe if I find a tight matinee and I like scope it out first pop my head and don't get popcorn despite that being against my entire nature yeah uh, and wear my mask the whole time maybe I don't know we'll see we'll see you know what you have a, a potentially small window of immunity, so I might know. as well take advantage of it. It's a it's gift. True. It's a gift. I'm, it's true, <laughs> but I'm still it. so scared. No, um, I know. Exactly. This is not to encourage anybody out there to do anything that makes them feel unsafe. And uh, information is changing all the time, so we really don't know what we have, and it is best to play it safe. We're not recommending anything. We're just talking about our crazy selves. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I really would love to go to the theater. You could do what my mom did growing up, which is make popcorn at home and put it in a plastic grocery bag that you hide in your purse. We used to do that too. And in fact, my sister still does it, which I love so much. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. It's yeah. Going to the gas station and get candy before oh, yeah, you, you go. Gotta sneak in, sneak in as many snacks as you can. Like finding, I remember always going with like my friend who had like a really big jacket so they could like hide all the drinks and all of their inside pockets in the jacket. Yeah. It's the best. So good. Yeah. All this theater talk has me thinking about how I should tell you about what's playing at the Wyndham movie theater in Wyndham, New York. Um, small movie theater. Really great. I love it. It's a combination Carvel and Subway as well. Yes. And, and a laundromat. <laughs> um, okay. So we have, um, looks like, it's, it's hard to say what day it's looks like it's only on Fridays and the weekend. Uh, we have Spider-Man no way home sing Two, and the new scream movie. What? Yeah. I didn't realize that the, I like heard something about that, but I didn't think that it was coming anytime soon. They all came back. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm talking Nev uh -huh. and Courtney Courtney uh -huh. and Darkette. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, they're back. Dang. Yeah, the are, survivors. <laughs> are Darkette and uh, Courtney Cox still married? Were they ever married? Am I making that up? I'm pretty sure they were. I'm going to look it up right now because that is, you know, I, I just I, hope that's true. I know. I just love to think about our famous 90s couples sticking together like um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr., you know. Who are still together, but David Arquette and Courtney Cox divorced in 2013. <laughs> the information is old. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hopeful um, 
but I'm, I bet they're still friends. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're still, they're in the flick together. So clearly they don't hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's Um, exciting. Exactly. Uh, you know, what's also really exciting me about to find out what you watched while you were sick as a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Amanda. Oh, Amanda. (laughs) I honestly, I did watch, like, I'm looking at like the list of all of the movies that I've watched in the last like three weeks. And it is a lot of movies, but ultimately I didn't watch as much as I probably could have while feeling real sick because my attention span was really bad. I know. I didn't either. I I watched a lot of television shows. Yeah. Entire seasons. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a lot of my time, but managed to also watch at least 12 movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I definitely have a lot uh a lot that I could talk about I I I kind of for the ones that I want to focus on I have the three I picked the three best I did the cream of the crop for you I was like Amanda only needs to hear about the best of the best she doesn't need to hear about the garbage that I watched although I will say as far as garbage a movie that I watched while I was actively still sick was Venom colon let there be carnage (laughs) and I did enjoy it very much okay (laughs) Nice, buddy. I watched the first one and I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it that much. It was okay. I mean, they're not good. Here's the thing. They're not good movies, but they're like bad in a way that I want more movies to be bad. Like they, uh, I felt like my, currently my desire for movies is I either want to watch like a cinematic masterpiece or like a real piece of junk, you know? No, like I'm so tired of these like middle of the road fine movies I'm like excite me or like blow me away with how bad you are I know I I feel very similarly where I either want to watch something that like is is um artfully and lovingly made but is really good which is like a hard thing to guarantee even if it is artfully and lovingly made it might not be good um or something that has so much money put into it yeah like so much and it looks so good and it's terrible (laughs) yeah yeah I'm like I'm I'm looking for like prestige like the fanciest meal you could give me or like absolute junk like give me the junk um and for me honestly the venom films films (laughs) 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 sorry so sorry it's okay I know that um you speak French so I know, I know sometimes you get confused because <laughs> you're you're so French and oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, um I the venom really falls in there for me, really like junk that I'm like, ooh, it's bad in a way that is so delicious. So delicious. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I understand. I think what I'm really trying to say, and maybe you are too, is I just don't want to be bored. <laughs> same. Huge same. Yeah. A lot of money or or just actual art. I don't yeah. want to be bored. <laughs> I'm not trying to be bored. Um, do you want to start or would you like me to start? Oh, um, oh, okay. I'll, I guess I'll start. Um, go should I go chronologically in my list? I, um, so I'll tell you about what I, uh, watched on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do it. Jenny and I both were very, very sick for Christmas. Um, and I, was sad about missing Christmas. Ultimately on Christmas day, I woke up and the Christmas magic blessed me and I I felt um, better both emotionally and physically, but um, (laughs) was still very sick. And uh, Christmas Eve, I was very sad though, because people were 
putting, you know, their Christmas trees in their windows and I was crying and (laughs) wishing wishing me a Merry Christmas and I wasn't having a Merry Christmas. So I watched um, a bunch of Christmas horror movies because there's a lot I haven't seen, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, for one. So I wrote down two to talk about, and I think the one... I wasn't going to talk about either of these, but I think I, I just want to because it was so in the midst of me being really sick. Um, and the one that I liked the best was called Christmas Evil from 1980. Um, and, you know, it's a classic tale of um, a man who, when he was but a child, witnessed his parents um doing it uh, on Christmas Eve while his dad was dressed like Santa and, and thus as an adult has a very disturbed relationship to the holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And uh, basically cracks one Christmas and um, uh, takes on, believes himself to be Santa, um, but is also on a murderous rampage. Um, He's, he's giving, but he's also taking, He's (laughs) he's giving to the children, but he's, He's taking lives on his way. Um, honestly, it was great. It was way better than Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, I thought it was like the best of the goofy. I don't consider Black Christmas to be a goofy one. Black Christmas no, is it's, incredible. Yeah, it's so scary. It's not goofy. No, but um, Christmas Evil is aware of itself in in um, how silly it is. It does not have any actors in it that I n- recognized. <laughs> at all um and it's uh directed by someone named lewis jackson who i also do not know um yeah i and i gotta admit um because i was quite sick i didn't i didn't really do any research and yeah i'm I'm sorry (laughs) this is an episode where we're really flying by the seats of our pants exactly i'm sorry people um i didn't i didn't dive into this film at all i was barely thinking (laughs) um uh it's streaming for free on tubi if you're still in the holiday spirit i highly recommend christmas evil has a beautiful twist ending really incredible twist ending um and just all all, like overall well made the the print of it that's you know online looks good the film isn't all effed up um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's what i did on christmas eve well, I was sick with the cron. Jenny, what did you watch? <laughs> well, on Christmas Eve, I also was, I, it's funny, I too was like saddest on Christmas Eve because uh, mm-hmm. I too missed Christmas with my family. And then by Christmas, I was like, okay, this is fine, I guess. Um, so on Christmas Eve, I actually rewatched The Green Knight because it is a Christmas movie mm-hmm. and it was so great. But on Christmas, I just wanted to watch a really good movie. So I watched 1971's Clute. Have you ever seen oh, No, I've never heard of it. It's so good. So it is How directed. How do you spell it? I'm sorry. It's K-L-U-T-E. Okay. It is a paranoia thriller. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's directed by Alan Pacula, who is the same guy. He is like, quote unquote, the paranoia trilogy, which is the parallax view, all the president's men, and Clute is the third uh, one. Oh, okay. Um, so I... I have not seen either of the other two. I almost watched the Parallax View when we did our uh, political thrillers episode. And now I'm like, I have to watch it because Clute was so good. I know. I've always wanted to see Parallax View. Yeah. So it's uh, it's from 1971. 
It stars Donald Sutherland and Jane Fonda. It's what? incredible. It's so Ooh, good. They're both so hot. So hot. Yeah. <laughs> so Donald Sutherland plays this guy who is hired by a family friend to investigate the disappearance of a person who is in that friend's business or in that friend's company. Uh, and he finds out that this woman named Bree, played by Jane Fonda, uh, is was the recipient of these like really obscene letters that were found in the office of the guy who disappeared. They don't know if he's the one who wrote them or what, but so he tracks her down in New York City and she's a sex worker and he in, is investigating her in kind of a creepy way, but she figures it out <laughs> pretty <laughs> early. And then the two of them start investigating it together. And it's unbelievably good. It's such a good movie. Oh, dang. Um, it's so tight. It's just so stressful because I mean it's he's like a master of paranoia clearly Um, there are all these scenes where part of like Jane Fonda at first is really resistant to Donald Sutherland Clute his name is Clute his name is John Clute okay Uh, okay her name is Brie yeah Yeah. (laughs) where does this come from yeah what the heck is that name uh he so she's like really resistant to him at first because she's like you're a cop like leave me alone which he's not he's just like a he's like a private detective but not like it's unclear what his credentials are (laughs) (laughs) he's just Uh, a friend who's good at sleuthing exactly but she pretty quickly starts to suspect that she's being watched and somebody's following her and so they team up because she's like okay help like help me (laughs) like this Mm -hmm. is scary um and their relationship is just so like beautiful and complicated like they both feel complicated about it because they get closer and closer and like obviously it gets romantic um Mm -hmm. but she feels really complicated about her job and also him and like being investigated and it's also so stressful um to be like wrapped up in this complicated twisty thriller that's happening to them um and it's also like actually a pretty nuanced portrayal of sex work from the 70s like shockingly from from the year 1971 (laughs) yeah sometimes um, you know they were free in those times (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's not uh it just feels really humane like she's super her point of view is so well considered and thoughtful like you get a lot of the movie just from her perspective and she has like a lot of interesting conversations with like her therapist um and yeah, I just, it's just really lovely. And it's also really scary. <laughs> it's like very stressful. Oh, um, I, I loved had no it. idea he had a trilogy. I know. I had heard of it like, I don't know, I want to say like six months ago or something. I saw it randomly out in the world and I was like, oh, what is that? And, uh, and it sounded really good. So I had it on my list for a while. Um, unfortunately, it's streaming in the sense that you have to rent it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like three bucks or something, which is it's yeah, that's totally absolutely worth it. worth it. Yeah, and it was really go to the video store. Go to the video store. Go to go the to red that, box. The video store on the internet and be like, "Hey, I'm looking for Alan Pacula's clute." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it's stunning. It's also just, I mean, it's just beautifully made. Like it's just, it's great. It has so many like interesting, fun details. Jane Fonda's outfits are like absolutely wild. You were gonna love her looks. I just, oh man, I know it. I'm excited um, she, too. You know I love paranoia thrillers. I know you do. It's right up your. It's also. I mean, it's basically an erotic thriller, ultimately. <sighs> so <sighs> you know. Um, but yeah. Oh, there's also <laughs> uh, Roy Scheider is in it as <gasps> her former pimp, and he's like super sleazy and like walking around in like bare feet and uh, like 
open <sighs> silk shirts. It's great. It's so good. I love a weird pimp character. It's one of the most, you know, how we were like talking about um, bratty princes. Yes. The other day, as like great characters that I love to see. Weird pimp, also another one that I love to see. So good. Great archetypes. Yeah. It's just, it's so like tender and lovely. She has like a great little apartment that's like kind of messy, like studio apartment. It's great. I can't recommend Clute enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm ready to watch clue. I'm so excited. I'm ready to yes. watch some movies that are actually good. I did watch some movies that were good, but I definitely watched a lot of movies that were fine, yeah. <laughs> but well, the movie I'm about to talk about is not just fine. It's great. And I've yes. seen it before, but, um, I wanted to rewatch it. Actually, I did a, I did a fair amount of rewatching, which yeah. is okay. Um, but it's a great opportunity to talk about this movie that I'm sure will come up in the future under one of our other themes, but I watched 1998's Disturbing Behavior. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it is a um, very 90s uh, like teen sci-fi horror. Uh, It's it's directed and I think Oh no, sorry. It's written by someone else. It's directed by David Nutter, who has a big old hand in a lot of X-Files episodes. Mm. Oh, and also the music is by none other than Mark Snow of yes. the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the man behind the X-Files theme, if you guys don't know. Um, but Disturbing Behavior stars uh, James Marsden and Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes in like peak Dawson's Creek time. Uh, as well as Nick Stahl. And James Marsden is a kid who's just moved to the Pacific Northwest uh, somewhere uh, (laughs) with his family. And he's starting a new high school, you know, always a terrible time getting getting used to a new high school. And um, at this high school, there's the kind of the popular group is... um, they're kind of like the all-stars, like perfect attendance, perfect score kids. And they're called the blue ribbons. They're like a club. Um, and there's something weird about them. Something a little like uh, brainwashy about them. <laughs> and so teaming up with his new friends, Rachel and Gavin, who are Katie and Katie Holmes and Nick Stahl, uh, James Marsden, Steve, <laughs> uh, they, they uh, try to figure out what's going on at this crazy school. It's a great movie. It's really fun. If you, um, if you like the X-Files, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I thought, wow, it feels like a full length movie of an X-Files episode. And then I realized it was made by somebody who made a lot of X-Files episodes and it makes a lot of sense. It's so all that to say, it's just really, really fun. Um, it's streaming on HBO max and I highly recommend it. It's got great music. It's, it's, it's just a blast. If you love so teen good. movies and teen thrillers with sci-fi, you know, it's I know. in my mind faculty. I'm sorry. Whoa. <laughs> I Dang. love the faculty. Do not get me wrong. But if I had to choose, if someone was forcing me to choose, I would choose disturbing behavior. Wow. That's wow. I didn't know that. Although that does make sense to me. That makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. I haven't yeah. seen it in a couple of years, but I also, in my mind, I really mix up the plot of disturbing behavior with an X-Files episode. Like, I'm like, wait, was that, which, wait, was that from season three? And it's like, no, no, yeah. 
what you're thinking of is disturbing behavior. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I love to hear the same Mark Snow instruments in the yes. soundtrack. So good. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I really, I'm really due for a rewatch. Oh, amazing. Wow. I'm so glad to hear that. I also feel like it's also when you're not feeling well, or even at this moment in time where a lot of us slash most of us are holding up as much as is possible in our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of want to rewatch movies that you've seen before. Cause it's very comforting and nice yeah. and you can, you know, make your popcorn, have a little time with a movie, you know, you love. Exactly. I've actually kind of always been a big rewatcher yeah. um, for better or for worse. Um, I do like to explore the unknown as well, but um, yeah, I'm a big comfort, comfort watcher. Same. No shame in that. People. No. Rewatching <laughs> is great because then you get to like really know a movie because you'd notice stuff that you didn't see the first couple times, you know, it's really exciting. Exactly. exactly. Jenny, what else did you watch? Well, I watched another well, not another, because the first movie I talked about was not new. I'm going to tell you about a new movie that I watched, <laughs> which I think you are really going to like. Another one that I'm like, I'm I'm kind of handpicking movies that I'm like, Amanda, I've been dying to tell you about this because I think you're going to really like it. Okay. It is a movie from 2020 called The Night House, which- Oh, I've never heard of that in my whole life. I think, so it has a 2020 as its date, but I think it was actually a 2021 release, like yet another COVID yeah. thing. Um, it is streaming- for rent again. Once again, I bring you a rented movie, um, which I did pay. I paid, I think it was like six bucks and I paid those $6 and I don't regret it. Um, No, it's how we used to live. I know exactly. It feels like going to the video store. Yeah. What's Uh, wrong with that? So it was directed by David Bruckner, who you may remember from The Ritual, that movie that came out on Netflix a couple years ago. That was really good. Yes. That we both really liked. So here is his new flick. It's called The Night House. Um, it is about a woman who was living with her husband in this beautiful house that they built together on a lake. Like he was an architect um, and she was a professor, maybe just a regular teacher, school teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it opens with her dealing with the aftermath of him committing suicide. Mm-hmm. So she is obviously like in kind of a tailspin and she's spending all of her time in this house but there's something wrong. Like there's something really wrong with the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she does not know half the time if she's dreaming or if she's awake or what's going on. But clearly something was going on with her husband and she was not aware of what it was. Um, and it really, I like don't really even want to tell you too much more. No, because don't. It just like it spins out in such an interesting way. Like it feels you don't understand the mystery at all until the very end. And I think that that is so effective. Yeah. Um, And it's just, I really think that guy does a really good job with like integrating trauma into horror the same way that the ritual does. You know, the ritual is about a group of friends who go into the woods um, to like reconnect after one of like a member of their group is killed. Uh, And it's like the same thing where it's, you know, these people are dealing with something outside of their own life that is very horrifying but it's like compounded by their own personal tragedy yeah and this is very similar the other thing the thing that I read that made me be like I have to watch this right now (laughs) is um I saw somebody compare it to House of Leaves which is a book that I also really love oh I know it's the book I've always wanted to read if I (sighs) actually read anything ever 
that I would, <laughs> I would read that. <laughs> I haven't read it in a really long time, so I don't know how well it holds up, but just like the concept of frightening buildings has always uh, intrigued me deeply. And mm-hmm. the Nighthouse really involves that in a way that's really fascinating. Um, and yeah, I would highly recommend it. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like a cool 90 minutes. Yes. Um, and it just, it was, yeah, it was scary. It scared me. I was like very, I was, uh, it was, ooh. <laughs> I s- deeply feel you on um, d- uh, bad buildings, scary buildings. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the most fun things about haunted house movies is, uh, you know, a space as a character, almost yeah, like totally. a space with its own force. Cause yeah. You know, we feel that with rooms and buildings, just like we do with objects where it's sentimental or it's cursed or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, uh, relatable yeah. and, e- and easy to freak yourself out. Totally. That sounds great. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting about it was that it's written by, um, these two guys whose names I don't remember cause I didn't write it down. Um, mm-hmm. but they are writing and the same guy who did this and the ritual is directing the remake of Hellraiser which is coming out next year which I'm so worried about that I am too I mean who knows like here's the thing Hellraiser is will never be tainted like it doesn't matter I know but a thing that I find really interesting is that the person who's cast as Pinhead is Jamie Clayton who's a trans woman and Uh I just am like okay you have like the right energy like you're bringing the correct energy into this reboot so I'm yeah that's that's promising but it's not enough for me to have no unfortunately it's like really I'm like cool good but no totally I need more oh god I'm so nervous about it but also (laughs) I know know, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's just like that movie and its sequel are so precious to me no they're so good I mean here's the thing it's a wild time we're living in (laughs) it really is I mean I just feel like as far as reboots go 90% 90% of them I don't need. I don't, I wish they didn't exist, but whatever. It's like, yeah. it's fine. It's harmless. This, yeah. I also, I feel roughly the same way where I'm like, it's probably not going to be great. No reboots are, they never mm-hmm. are. However, this team is really interesting. I feel like they've assembled people who understand how to make a good movie and make a good movie that has like content that kind of reflects the content of Hellraiser. So I'm like, okay, I feel like if anybody has a shot, maybe it's you. But also, and this is the I'm writer hope- of the movie. Sorry to interrupt. This is the same, writer of the movie you watched. Same writers okay. and the same director. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, interesting. If you can make the ritual and you can make the night house, I mean, obviously neither of those are as good as Hellraiser by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah. maybe you have maybe you have some kind of movie magic inside of you that could bring something interesting to the table. Let's hope. Let's um, hope. It is funny that you should bring up Hellraiser because that was my Christmas day treat to myself as I watched both Hellraiser one and two, because they are some of my all time favorite movies and watching them, especially rewatching the first one. I was like, this is a literally perfect movie. It's so good. Every shot and like the gore is beautiful and funny and like, it's just ornate. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I also I love really, <laughs> I also really recently rewatched it. I rewatched it like the week after Halloween or something, and it was like, wow, yeah. this movie is truly incredible. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. And as you know, I love, love, love the second one. Um, uh, it's it's not. It, I didn't like when I rewatched them. I noticed the ways in which it did feel like a sequel. Like the mm-hmm. first one had a little more. Um, time given to it or um and 
what I learned about the second one, which is a real bummer, is that during the filming of it, something happened with like exchange rates between like the US and England or something like that, where the budget got cut severely. So we were supposed to get a lot more stuff with the Leviathan and like the world where the Cenobites come from yeah. that we didn't get. And obviously Clive Barker is like a man with really incredible visions, like much like Nightbreed, which was supposed to be a whole series of movies because it, it like, it's a very big story totally. that he didn't get to delve into. Same thing with um, Hellraiser too, as we were actually supposed to get a lot more of that world. And we unfortunately didn't get to have it. Um, That's such a bummer. I know. I know. I love Clive Barker so much. I know. I just, that's such a special movie. I will obviously be so happy if this is a good um, nod to the original, but there's some things I just wish they would stay the heck away from. No, and you're right. And you're right to say it. (laughs) You're absolutely correct to say it. You know what I, sorry, before I tell you about my other movie that I (laughs) I just want to say one more thing. Um, I, there are, you, there are a lot of movies that I see where I'm like, this is ripe for a remake. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, I do. I, it was a real letdown, but I was really psyched for the Pet Cemetery remake. Yeah. I think that's such a, it's, I think it's a great movie as it is and it doesn't need to be rebooted, but it's such a creepy, creepy story that I thought that could have been good. Or I think a lot about the House of Wax remake where <laughs> yeah. it's like, obviously it's goofy. It's like, it's, um it's a product of its times, like the early aughts, but, uh, the original is so old and I'm like, I don't want to watch that boring stuff. <laughs> totally. Well, you know? I feel like those reboots of eighties and seventies slashers are always like kind of solid because it's just the same exact story. I mean, it's, you're not starting from something that is impeccable. You're starting mm-hmm. from something that's kind of trashy and then you're turning it into something equally trashy, trashy, but updated for the modern eye. And that really works for us, obviously. Well, especially some of the ones that like that weren't as trashy or wonderful as they could be, mm-hmm, you know, like totally. Pet Cemetery, the original is really fun, but, um, you know, there are just like Hellraiser, like there are those perfect, like giants of the, the eighties film, totally. like 80s, um, like Halloween also, frankly, I know, like, don't remake it. I know. Don't touch it. You don't need, <laughs> you don't to. need to. It's, you know? it's always a bummer. Yeah. And I mean, also the thing like stuff that is it's the movie is perfect. You didn't need to do it again. But there are lots of movies that were not that good the first time or especially, were good, but have right? room to grow. <laughs> totally. Especially like a lot of these movies were part of the special effects golden era in horror mm-hmm. movies in the 80s where totally you can't. I'm sorry, you can't recreate it. It will never look as good as right. it did. You totally. Know? Um, so that I'm like, if you put want, it, if you must take a crack yeah. at it, but I wish you wouldn't, but no, totally. yeah. something like pet cemetery where the special effects weren't bad necessarily, but it's a really creepy story and the movie's kind of creepy, but it, it could have been done again, creepier. And it, it wasn't, it was never like a peak example of incredible, uh, gore, you know, or yeah. whatever. No, the the move the Pet Cemetery movie, the original one, definitely has like a little bit of TV movie energy to it for sure. Yes, totally, exactly. Like, this could this could be better, but alas, yeah, we- remake those ones. Yeah, like, yeah. Anyways, sorry for rambling. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's, I mean, this is, this is the conversation, baby. This is what we should be talking about. The people came here for the panel discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save your questions and comments for the end, please. Exactly. So I want to tell you about a movie that I hope you haven't seen. You might have, but I'm excited for you to watch it. Um, because I find it relevant to a recent new movie. This is another rewatch for me. When I first saw it, I remember not paying full attention and thinking, oh, like this movie has a cool, like some cool effects and clearly like a decent budget, but they didn't quite make it. Rewatched it. Totally so fun. I watched 1998's Dark City. Have you ever seen Dark City? I've never seen Dark City. Okay. (laughs) It's so good watching it. Um, All right. So let me back up. I'm getting too excited. (laughs) All right. Dark City stars Rufus Sewell, who um, many people might recognize as the bad guy from A Knight's Tale. Yes. Um, And it also (laughs) That's exactly what I recognize him from. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It also stars Jennifer Connelly, looking gorgeous as ever, and Kiefer Sutherland. Um, And it's about Rufus Sewell plays the main character, whose name is John Murdoch. Um, but when he wakes up in a scuzzy hotel room, he doesn't remember anything, including his name. So it's classic amnesia movie. Um, and it's essentially the story of John figuring out who he is, why these very strange uh, creature, humanoid creatures are after him who are referred to as the strangers and why the, the city that he's woken up in is so strange itself. Like, why does the sun never shine? Uh, why can't anyone remember anything about their past? It's really good. And when I was reading a bit about it after I finished it, because when I watched it, I was like, huh, this is kind of like The Matrix. And it came out before The Matrix, like a couple years before. And it's one of the direct influences, <gasps> or at least like, Maybe not said by um, the Wachowski sisters, but it like critics are clearly like, yes, this is an inspiration. It's not like a, a copy in any way, but it's mm-hmm. very, very much an inspiration. I am. Interesting. Um, that sounds very fun. Yeah. Heavy aesthetics, heavy, heavy yeah. aesthetics. Um, kind of like, like. There, you got some city of lost children, like creepy underground world, and um, everything is very black, gray, and blue, but not in an early aughts way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fun. It's so fun. I almost don't want to say too much mm-hmm. because um, I don't want to give it away for you, uh, and actually. Listeners, I hope you don't mind either that we're not totally explaining all the plots of these movies. Um, Sometimes we give spoilers. A lot of times we don't because it is fun to just I always appreciate when I go into a movie and don't know a whole lot. Even rewatching this, I couldn't remember much. And I was really glad that that was the case. Yeah, totally. I think uh, also some movies like the the twists and turns, it doesn't really matter if you know them or not. And some mm-hmm. it's like, I know I want you to go in not knowing what's going to happen here. Yeah, this matters. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I almost forgot it has hottie William Hurt in it, too. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We were just talking about William Hurt. Yeah, Ugh. he's a babe. Uh, it's the second feature length. I th- I'm pretty sure just the second feature length 
of Alex Proyas, who is best known for being the director and writer of The Crow, which was oh. Brandon Lee's first and last movie, unfortunately, Bruce Lee's son. Um, the Crow, I think, was yet another movie that was set up to be like a very big, exciting series and unfortunately was only one movie. Um, but yeah, he's the he's the both the director and writer of Dark City. Wow, um, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that is uh dark city it is not streaming well i think you can purchase it on amazon you can mm-hmm. rent it um, highly recommend i think it's really fun especially if you are trying to watch something that has a um some of that late 90s hard aesthetics it's a little oh, yeah. grating you know yeah. kind of like when you yeah like oh god like you had to go that it's it's not, it's, it's with a heavy hand. <laughs> yeah. You have to accept what's happening around you and you're like, okay, all right. Okay. I'm ready. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, real big recommend on dark city. It is fun to see what a, what an inspiration it was to the matrix. Um, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I'm excited to watch that. Cause you know, I love, I love the matrix and I love movies that have intense aesthetics. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, not always, but often yeah. it'll oh, speak yeah. to me. <laughs> I mean, I think you'll appreciate it in that it's just one of those movies that um it doesn't play it safe. It's really totally. weird. It's that, really yeah. weird. <laughs> That's what actually speaks to me about intense aesthetics is I'm like, okay, if you were going to be as weird as humanly possible, I'm interested. I want you yeah. to take those big swings. <laughs> yeah, like technically it's a um it's a sci-fi noir. <laughs> Hmm. yeah it's definitely and and based on everyone's look and costumes and the colors it is very clearly a noir which usually I find very boring but because because it's very weird (laughs) it's fun if you append sci-fi onto any genre I'll usually be interested so it's like this is fine (laughs) yeah I mean like Blade Runner is pretty much a an, it's a noir. noir. Yeah. yeah. Techno noir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay. I have one more movie to tell you about. Uh, it's also brandy new. I also have to confess to you, I haven't watched the last 15 minutes. So if the last, I don't know, I can only tell you how I feel about, however, stick with me here. The first two hours and 45 minutes of it, because it is a three hour long movie. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Well, look, here's the thing. Tell me, tell me. I started it two days ago, watched the first 20 minutes and was like, I am not in the right mindset for this. Put it aside. Yesterday around nine, I was like, perfect time to watch a movie. It's only two hours. I'll be in bed by 11. I started <laughs> and then my my TV, when you pause, it tells you what time it thinks you'll mm-hmm. be done. And it was like 12, 15. And I was like, why? Why do you think that? <laughs> and I realized it was a three hour long movie. Oh. Um, and I did fall asleep. So that's why I have to finish it tonight. <laughs> But I can, I still feel very strong and I feel very capable of telling you how good it is and how much I liked it regardless. I'm excited to hear about how the last 15 minutes are because that's a lot of time in movie time. But continue. It is a lot of time, but it's, but in this movie, it's not that much time. You know it's what? One, you're right. You're It's what, a 12th of it. Oh God. <laughs> um, okay. So 
This is a movie from 2021 called Drive My Car. Have you heard of it? I have heard of Drive My yeah. Car based I, on the Murakami yes. short, short story. Long short movie story. for a short story. It's a long <laughs> movie for a short story. So I just saw this start popping up a couple weeks ago. I kept seeing people review it very favorably. And I was like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it was playing at TSL, which I was like, that's very exciting. But of course, I did not go because mm-hmm. we had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um and it is now currently playing at the Millerton Movie House, if that is accessible to you in Ugh. any way. Um, however, other than that, it's not really available to watch online unless you procure it through nefarious means, which I will not tell you how to do. You must figure that out on your own. Certainly not. <laughs> however, okay, so Drive My Car, it's a three-hour movie. It's based on, as Amanda said, a Murakami short story by the same title. Um it largely follows one character who is, his name is Yusuke uh, Kafuku, and he is played by Hidetoshi Nishijima. Uh, and he is a theater actor and stage director. Um, and basically it's following him putting on this performance of Uncle Vanya in the aftermath of like this big personal tragedy. Uh, and so he, his, like, one of his defining characteristics is that he drives around in this, like, incredibly cute little two-door red Saab. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Saab, he has a cassette tape that is a recording of his wife, who is a screenwriter, uh, reading off every other line of the play Uncle Vanya, except for the lines for Uncle Vanya, which he repeats So he'll Mm -hmm. play the cassette and she will say a line and then he out loud will say the next line while he's driving around. And that's like part of his creative process. Um, So he's hired to do this particular production of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima and he travels there and is assigned a personal driver, which he's like, absolutely not. My car is a part of my process, but they require it. Mm. Uh, And so he's basically forced into this relationship with this young 23-year-old girl who is his personal driver. Um, and she her her name is Misaki Watari, uh, played by a woman named Tokomiura. Um, and it's kind of about the two of them and their relationship, both of them kind of figuring out their emotional life after some like intense personal tragedies. But mm-hmm. it's also about him and all of these actors who he's working with on this play it's about his wife and what's going on with her it's about um this kind of world that they're living in it's really circular and like Mm -hmm. really interconnected it's like super it's like a super quiet movie like there's not actually a lot of talking in it um which is why I'm like, yeah, 15 minutes is a long time in this movie, but it's also like, there's a lot of lingering. <laughs> it's like a very lingering movie. They leave However, that time to linger. Exactly. But it's also like stunningly beautiful. It's mm. so, like, because it is so circular and interconnected, like, it really needs this time to unfold all of those things. Like, it's, it's there's something about it that's also very high tension because they're kind of dealing with like these really intense emotions and intense things that have happened to them. Yeah. Um. And you sort of don't really know. It really unfolds things pretty slowly for you. Something yeah. that I noticed was that the opening credits come in 40 minutes into the movie. Woo! <laughs> like it starts with like a prologue, basically. Yeah. And then beautiful. the credits hit. And That's then it keeps amazing. going. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's one of, like when that happens, you're like, oh, this movie is good though. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this is like 
how they used to make them. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's like so artfully done. All of the actors are really incredible. Um, mm. I'm not usually a person who's really into like watching things about theater, but the way that this character. Wait, you didn't want to see Birdman? No, <laughs> don't care about Birdman <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but he, so this main character, Kafuku, he's the production of Uncle Vanya that he's putting on is also multilingual, which is just like an, a fascinating choice and also makes it, I don't know, I like, it's so hard to describe because it's, you really have to watch it to kind of understand why it's so moving. Because ultimately, yeah. like, if I, even if I gave you a full summary of the whole plot, you'd be like, okay. But like, yeah. <laughs> but the pieces, like, I mean, it's so much, it's not. I guess that's happens. just actors doing a lot of work often too, when it's like yeah. that, right? When there's not much plot to even describe but totally. it's extremely moving I'm like ooh, you are working <laughs> really working and it's like obviously it's a movie about actors too so it's like it has that kind of weird like mm. second level but one of like there's this character who is one of the actors in the play Uncle Vanya and so because it's multilingual there are like a couple of characters who are speaking Japanese a couple of characters I think one is speaking Cantonese one is speaking Taiwanese and then one of them is this woman who speaks Korean sign language mm. and that is her language for the play. And it's like stunningly beautiful. Like it's truly mm. wild to watch her act with the other act, like all of the actors together. It's just like fascinating. It's such an interesting choice and like really beautiful and like somehow incredibly moving to watch people acting which ordinarily I'm like oh, who cares yeah <laughs> but- no people I actually really love watching people act as actor you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. Yeah, like I like <laughs> actors within actors and movies like I think about the the um audition scene from Mulholland Drive once a day yes yeah. at least once a day it's <laughs> so good you, you must you simply it's so, must it's so good yeah um I, I, I love the way that is handled in movies. Of course, a lot of times it is boring, but um, it can really make for some some fascinating scenes and tension. Yeah, yeah it's truly, it's a beautiful movie. Um, it's called Drive My Car. If you have a chance to see it in a theater, I think that would probably be great because it's three hours long. I like struggled. I mean, in some ways it's nice to watch it at home because you could pause it to pee. But yeah. in other ways, I was like, you know, it's a struggle to watch in these trying times. <laughs> yeah, it's um, hard to sit down for three hours. That's yeah, it's asking a lot. But it's it's truly great. I like the rave reviews are correct. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if they would bring it back to TSL for any more show times. So keep an eye out for that. It's certainly possible. Yeah, I bet it will once uh, you know, because everyone is raving about it. I've also heard great things. I have. I'm always. I, I have not really read any Murakami. I've been read to the amazing story, Barn Burning. Oh. Um, it's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a movie of it and I've never seen it. And I've always been curious about other Murakami adaptations. That sounds great. That yeah. sounds beautiful. I like a long form drum. Yeah, it's great. It's a great long form drum. It's also like pretty like sexy in parts, which is exciting. Yeah. exciting for this world in which we live in where there are very few like modern sex scenes yeah it's true these are unsexy times yeah <laughs> we are truly living in unsexy cinematic oh, times God. like least <laughs> sexy era ever yeah for real <laughs> god yeah for real um that sounds amazing Jenny we have like a little bit of time left if you 
have any recommendations you want to tell me slash you could also say some like runner ups that you watched while you were sick. (laughs) I don't really have any runner ups, but I will tell you the other thing that I watched and really enjoyed and what is the thing that I'm looking forward to because it's the season finale this weekend is the television program Yellow Jackets, which I know you were also Ah, loving. So good. (laughs) Um, People out there in radio land, Jenny and I were big fans of the early to mid aughts TV show lost lost heads. <laughs> we are lost house. heads. Um, and yellow jackets for all you other lost heads out there. It's a, it's a great way to fill that void and yeah, it's for real. better. <laughs> it's so fun. It's, uh, it's on showtime. Point. If you have that, or if you have a friend with a trial, um, membership like I am the friend with the trial membership right now mm-hmm. uh you can catch up before the season finale which is this Sunday I'm very excited it's such a fun show yeah I actually you're reminding me I haven't seen the episode from this past weekend and better catch up oh, boy dude. am I excited yeah it's <laughs> about a um an all-star soccer girls soccer team in 1997 I believe high school soccer team heading to uh nationals when their plane crashes in the woods somewhere and they're all just trying to survive the regular hardships of trying to survive in the woods when no one's looking for you and um also there's some uh, supernatural things afoot yeah it's very fun it also similarly to lost has like flash forwards and flashbacks which you love to see it's so much like lost. It's, it's a lot like lost <laughs> but you're yeah. right it's better it's better than lost yeah. it's better than lost sorry lost but again yet another thing that suffered from the times that mm-hmm. it was a part of lost this is it's like it's been able to update itself with more things that appeal to me because it's being made now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, truly like plane crash, people just trying to do regular survival mm-hmm. and then also <laughs> mystical, scary stuff. There's something extra that's making it really hard. <laughs> yeah. And flashbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's so fun. Um, so that's, I forward. mean, that's my looking forward to slash recommendation. for. Uh, so fun. Uh, I guess if we're, well, yeah. So I guess if we're going to talk about show, yeah, maybe because you brought up a show, my recommendation, I'll, I'll say a show. (laughs) I kicked open the door. I'm I'm I can't be quiet about yellow jackets anymore. (laughs) I know. Kick it wide open. Um, one of the things that I watched while I was sick really early on was I finally got around to watching the HBO show. I may destroy you, which is really good. It's it's a one-time HBO event, like only one season, Um, but it is written and starred by um, Michaela Cole is her name, Mm -hmm. and um, it's she plays the main character whose name I have to look up. I can't remember her character's name, but she's a millennial writer who um, previously uh, had a best-selling book. She was kind of famous, a famous personality on Twitter and had a best-selling book. And now she has a book deal and she's struggling to write her follow-up. And, um, she goes out with friends one night and is sexually assaulted, um, after she's drugged. And it's about the aftermath of that in her life. And also contains a lot of flashbacks as well to just other experiences. 
Um, and it's really beautiful. It's, it's, uh, we don't have a lot of movies or TV shows that give a nuanced portrayal of portrayal of how somebody deals with trauma from sexual assault because it is nuanced. It's not as simple as like a rape revenge or something like, you know, it's, it is really, really complicated. And I so deeply appreciate this show for that. It also really reminded me of the show Skins, which I've said Mm -hmm. to a few people in that it's dealing with really dark themes, but it has a lot of humor and it's It's also British. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's so funny. It's so, it's so good. funny. She's, well, she's a comedian. Like she was a comedian first, which I love. Like she, I don't oh. know if you ever saw it. She did that show chewing gum, which is like, so I've never t- seen chewing gum. Totally opposite from, I may destroy you like so incredibly different, but also really fun. I love chewing gum. Nice. Um, oh, I got to check it out. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so fun and gross. Like she's, she's so funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. I may destroy you rules. I'm so glad. Yeah, oh, it's really wonderful. Um, it's on HBO again. I highly, highly recommend it. You'll blast through it in no time because just like most HBO things, it's just 10 episodes and it's only, it's a special series. So it's only one season, uh, but it's it's really great despite those those um, or uh, and has a lot of levity despite the dark theme is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Totally. Yeah, oh, dude. Do you have any other uh, runner ups, runners up? <laughs> I, I, I watched Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, another uh, Matrix um, eight degrees separated from <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic is uh, from 1995 starring Keanu Reeves. And it's a, a, a movie by artist Robert Longo, who was famous for doing these pictures of people like in funny, like sexy businessmen and women in like (laughs) falling positions, extremely mid nineties, like (laughs) New York city, mid nineties. Yeah. And it's like, a uh, a, um, apocalyptic alternate present, um, where corporations rule everything. And he's like, he like stores data in his mind it's 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 really dumb and really wonderful yeah I had a blast (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen it since I was a kid and I really liked it then but like also I I I just know it's bad I just like know it in my my bones for sure sucks but I will say (laughs) it doesn't suck in a way that's not fun to watch no totally I was I mean I was a huge I loved Johnny Newmark when I was a kid love to know that about you I did not know that um um, <laughs> another secret piece of the Getty puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say, watch, uh, uh, stream it, dude. Watch Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. I it's gotta great. watch it. It's I also, Hulu. I only ever saw the TV edit because it was on TV and I, oh, yeah. I, I gotta give it a watch with these adult eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, oh, sorry. It's actually streaming on Netflix. Um, oh. it's not sexy. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, severely unsexy oh yeah (laughs) oh my god the male and female lead zero chemistry (laughs) just incredible Uh, yeah that's what it thank you so much for reminding me because I am absolutely gonna rewatch it yeah yeah uh Henry Rollins is in it oh fun oh my god (laughs) Dolph Lundgren is an assassin who uh dresses like Jesus incredible yeah Yeah. Ice-T is in it too (laughs) 
<laughs> she's got a lot of delicious pieces in there. Oh, and Udo Kier. Yeah, it, like oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. stars studded and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Why can't movies be like that anymore? <laughs> I know. You know what? It sucks in the same way that Lawnmower Man 